Well, hello, I am Matt Williamson. How is everyone this fine Monday? Uh, I am back home for a day and a half or so before going back up for some practices. And then we got a a preseason game to end the week. Pretty psyched for that. Uh, Catch me on the pre and post game show for that. Check that out. Um, We're going to talk next next two days are going to be podcasts on Steelers depth chart. Steelers depth chart came out yesterday. Today, we're going to talk offense. Tomorrow, we're going to talk defense. Maybe give you some names on here that you're not familiar with. Get you primed up for those preseason games to peek peek at some dudes. But real quick, I just want to throw something out. Um, I mentioned it last week when it came out, but Mike Sando, a friend of mine, his quarterback tiers came out a couple weeks ago. And since then, he has a follow-up article that came out today where – it's he, he's done these quarterback tiers for 10 years now. So he accumulated all the votes over that 10 year period and made like a decade's worth of tier one, tier two, tier three, et cetera, you know, quarterbacks. And I thought found it very interesting and it's still irrelevant. Um, even though Ben didn't play one of those years, he only had nine seasons that qualify. And frankly, several at the end weren't vintage Ben. So you didn't get some of his best years either. You know, so again, he's just the last 10 years. And one of those was he didn't even play. The tier one guys are Mahomes and Rodgers are basically tied for first. That might shock you, but they were tied for first. Brady stands alone at three. Breeze is four. Narrowly over Big Ben. Those are the only tier one guys over the last 10 years. So Ben is just behind Breeze. They're both pretty significantly behind Brady. And he's ahead of Luck, Allen, Wilson, Rivers, Watson, Lamar, Ryan, Stafford, Eli, Dak. Those are the tier two guys. So I just want a little shout out to uh, old number seven here as we get ready for the next season, which brings us to the quarterback depth chart. Not much to discuss here. I mean, some of these depth chart stuff, there isn't much to discuss. We all know it's Kenny, Mitch, Mason, Tanner Morgan's last. What I find a little interesting is I don't know how much picket I would play this preseason. I don't know how much Mitch I would play this preseason. Do you really need to see much more from Mason Rudolph? I mean, it's a really good trio for preseason quarterbacks, but... Tanner Morgan was taking a lot of snaps the last practice that we saw. And I'm not saying he's the next Brock Purdy, find, you know, that type of dude. But if you were to move Rudolph, perhaps, Morgan shows me enough that I would be comfortable with him as the three. He is kind of Kenny Pickett, light, 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 light. You know, I mean, he plays a similar manner, though. He moves around a lot. Um Accurate football, not overly whelming physically with arm size, physicality, any of that stuff. But he has a similar game and style to pick it. So I just found that interesting. We'll see how the preseason goes. I don't know if anyone's banging down your door to give you a draft pick for Rudolph or not. But there will be quarterback injuries, hopefully not here, but around the league. Um, Let's get into the running backs. Again, this one's pretty cut and dry too. Najee's the one. Warren's the two, McFarland's the three, and then Darius Hagens, Greg Bell, and John Lovett are the other dudes. We saw this with Warren, but Warren had already showed himself by this time last year. Maybe one of those last three names. 
can assert themselves again. I don't need to see Najee in the preseason. I don't really need to see much of Warren in the preseason. So who's the Steelers preseason rushing leader? Very well could be McFarland, who they have a very distinct plan for. And I think he's pretty close to a lock to making the team. But maybe Hagen's Bell or Lovett shines in these coming weeks because they're going to get opportunity. They list Connor Hayward as the only fullback on the depth chart. They also have him with the tight ends. Um, fine. I mean, again, maybe maybe Kendrick Green should be with the fullbacks as well because he's just kind of the bigger version of that. He's the you know, Chris Richard type of guy. Um, but let's go to receivers. The way they have receivers ranked, obviously the starters are Deontay, Pickens, and Robinson. But in terms of a depth chart, which I don't look too much into this, Johnson's direct replacement is Boykin, then Cody White, then Dan Chisina. I think Boykin and White have some similarities to their game that they're going to be hard to cut because they're really good on special teams. They're tough. They're, they block. Boykin's more gifted. And I think White ends up inevitably on the practice squad again. But he makes a play every practice, and the coaches have to adore him. Um, behind Pickens, they have Hakeem Butler, Jamarcus Bradley, Des Fitzpatrick. I'll say this about Bradley. He's like the last guy on the field every practice. That guy is catching balls, doing something until they drag him off the field. So I'm sure that's noticed. Des Fitzpatrick has a little bit of pedigree coming out of Louisville, too. He makes some plays, and he's starting to come on a little bit more in practice as well. He's not a throwaway. He could have a nice preseason. Pivotal preseason for Hakeem Butler, though. He shows up with his strength and physicality. There's a different big slot element that they don't really have in previous years. I'm shocked he isn't listed with the slots. Instead, he's listed behind Pickens. But frankly, I don't know how much you even thought they gave into where what receiver list you end up on. Behind Robinson, they have Calvin Austin. Gunnar Olszewski, Jordan Bird. Those last three are also fighting for punt return duties. They're all shifty type, smaller dudes, nothing like Allen Robinson. Uh, my hunch is the true number four receiver is Calvin Austin. Call him slot, whatever. But if you're going to pull a fourth receiver into the game, I think it's Austin, which that doesn't bode well at all for Gunnar. Um, there will be more on that in my article this week. Check that out. I'm going to talk about some stuff along these lines. Just going to tease it a little bit. So quick break now. We'll come back and talk tight ends and a really, well, a really deep group of tight ends and offensive linemen. All right, I am back. The tight end depth chart currently, Fryermuth, Gentry, Hayward, Darnell Washington, fourth, and Rodney Williams, fifth. I wouldn't take, don't take this as a, Darnell Washington's a bust. You know, why is he fourth on the depth chart? I thought he was going to be a star. Rookies just need to earn it. You know, like when the first depth chart comes out, this is very predictable that Washington will be the four for now, but trending up. I want to mention Rodney Williams. I thought he was a throwaway, but he is a leaner move tight end, but he's got a little nastiness to his game. He helps on special teams. 
He's a little different than the guys they have. Keep an eye on Rodney Williams in the preseason. I think he could stick on the practice squad. I mean, if you play a lot of 12 personnel with two tight ends on the field, I think they'll keep four tight ends, but you probably want another on the practice squad. And Hayward, again, is half fullback, half tight end, full-time special teamer, et cetera, et cetera. Gentry's been better than I expected in the preseason or in the training camp, but I would say his hold on the true number two job or the, quote, blocking tight end is tenuous. I mean, I I would expect before long, I'm not even saying opening day, but before long, I think Washington gets the snaps that Gentry could have got. But that doesn't mean they both can't be out there together or it's one or the other. Um, Gentry is proven. So on the O-line, this is kind of interesting in that Mason Cole is the number one center. Kendrick Green's the number two center. And folks, he has that job locked up. You know, and the fact that they're doing this fun move block stuff with him really implies to me that he's making the team or they wouldn't waste their time. You know, there's the practice reps are too valuable. You don't do it just for fun. He's going to be on the team. Ryan McCullum is kind of interesting to me. Like, he doesn't get beat very often. I, I think he'll play a fair amount in the preseason. He's the number three here. Um, maybe he is a J.C. Hassenhauer type of career, you know, and just sticks around because there's a little something to him. Let's talk Spencer Anderson, though, the seventh-round pick. He's listed at center, but I think this is really smart. I've seen him line up everywhere but center. Now, there was versatility was kind of his calling card coming out. But I thought he'd probably just settle in at guard, maybe center. But they haven't used him at center, I think, because they like him a lot. And what do I mean by that? What I mean by that is on game day, Cole, Green, Herbig, Daniels, even Sogamalu could get you out of a game at center. Like, they all are center capable. So I think they look at it like, why am I going to rep Anderson at center all the time because we have five dudes that can do it probably better than him, frankly. But he's played both guard spots, both tackle spots. He's somebody to watch. Like, I bet he plays the most preseason O-line snaps of anyone on the team. And he's showing up quite well. Like, they may have stole one there that can play in this league for five, six, seven years. Who knows? You know, so just keep an eye on that. At guard, of course, Solomalu and Daniels are the starters, you know, Solomalu on the left. The way they have it lined up is Dotson is right behind Isaac. Herbig is right behind Daniels. But I think Dotson's going to be on the trading block. And I think Herbig is the first guard off the bench, no matter what. And we've seen that on days that Solomalu gets a Veterans Day. Herbig runs with the ones much more than Dotson runs with the ones. William Dunkel is also in the mix, too. He's not a total throwaway either. I mean, he's a pure guard from what I've seen of him. He's not bad. He's not bad, you know, so I would rather have Anderson. But Anderson, Dunkel, and McCollum, you'll see them out there very late in games and think, oh, these guys are bleh. They might be better than bleh. So that's all I'm saying. Um, The tackle situation is pretty cut and dry as well. Chooks is the right Backed up by LaRaven Clark. Dan Moore Jr. is the left, currently backed up by Broderick Jones. I'm sure some of you are aware of this, but there have been 
more reps than I expected, but maybe 20 or 25, where Jones plays left, Moore plays right. So he's played some right in this game, in this uh, training camp. So I wonder if Chooks were to get hurt, would they move more to right and Jones into the starting left tackle spot? I assume the answer is yes. But LaRaven Clark also has value, and he's a pure right tackle. He doesn't ever move. That hurts your cause a little bit because there's only one guy in the field that can get hurt for you to see the game. So I would think LaRaven Clark isn't active on game day, and that's their thought process there is you go in with three tackles on game day, and if Chooks goes down, you flop more. Um, Dylan Cook's also another – the last guy here listed, he's also a tackle. Sort of like McCollum and Dunkel. He's the – Lowest pedigree guys in the room. He's not special. Um, he'll play a lot in the preseason. He's fine. Yeah, I mean, he's all right. So that's a quick rundown of the offensive depth chart. I'm going to do defense tomorrow, which is a little more complex. You know, it's, well, what are you going to do with nickel? Who's your dime? You know, that type of thing. So tune in. All right. Take care. Over and out. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.